touchy phone. I hear that. All good evening, folks. Welcome back to round two. EMLK Eagle Mountain Lake Radio. The sounds of Eagle Mountain Lake. Laking it easy, lake it easy. Enjoying ourselves down here at the Lake House. Once again, thank you to our sponsors. Texas Select Beverage. Of course, our brand new Woo! partner, Smith Music, DJ Dugan. Um, the Lake House. We're just excited to be here. And Powerhouse Promotions, glad to be here this evening. We have another artist right here in the lineup. What are we doing, Mr. Dakota Ritter? How are you, sir? You know, I can't complain, because if I did, nobody would probably listen anyways. <laughs> and you're with a great group of dudes. We would listen to anything you wanted to complain about. So <laughs> feel free to get it out and talk to us about it. I feel that. Well, okay, I man. appreciate you guys having me, oh, man, first of all. We're so excited to have you. DJ, Scott, take it on. Yes, all sir. right, man. Yep. So, Dakota, welcome to the Lake House, man, on a Monday night. What do you think? Man, they had a really good fish po' boy, so, so far I have Ooh. nothing to complain about. They loaded Can't that sucker dead. down with shrimp. I was like, okay, we're, in, we're, we're doing all right tonight. There you go. Got you a little food, but, uh, man, Dakota, tell us a little about how you guys started in music, man. What, what brought you around and how long ago? Yeah, so, uh, so I grew up in a small town, uh, outside of uh, Shreveport Marshall in Jefferson, Texas. I'm going to reference that with another small town. It's really Avenger, but no one knows what that is. <laughs> so, uh, it's, you know, it's a small town when you got to reference it with another small town. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I fell in love with music because of my mom, actually. Uh, my mother is a 80s hair metal lover. Oh, uh, man. I have been probably to more hair metal concerts in my life than you can think of. Yeah, uh, which one was your first one? Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Yeah, I've, I've been to Def Leppard nine times. Uh, Damn. By the eighth time, I was standing next to Rick Allen, the one-armed drummer. Yes, uh, sir. It's kind of good because my mom, she's actually handicapped. She's in a wheelchair. Oh. And uh, I know as bad as that sounds, it's actually a great thing when you're growing up going to concerts because you get to sit in the very front <laughs> of the handicap section. You know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> Right up to the front. Right up to the front. So I've seen them all. I've seen Whitesnake. Uh, I've seen Tesla, Poison, Aerosmith, ZZ Top, Cheap Trick. You name them. They're all out there. So... That was kind of my musical influence growing up. I didn't really discover my version of country music until I was 16, uh, and I was driving down my first truck, uh, and what came on the radio was actually David Lee Murphy, Dust on the Bottle. Oh, yeah. And from that moment on, I was like, whoa, what is this guitar riff? And took me down the abyss to learning, you know, uh, Brent Mason, who and who that was, and, and how iconic he was to the, the generation of the 90s. So uh, my granddad was like my father, so he, he actually was in the, you know, the Conways and the Juniors and Hanks and, and all that good stuff. And I listened to all that in the road, and I love every minute of those pieces, especially as I aged over the years to appreciate what they were. But, but I was surrounded by rock and roll. I mean, I thought it was bad to like pour some sugar on me at five. I was afraid to sing it in the car, you know? Like my mom's gonna be mad at me, you know? So that's, that's where I fell in love with music. But for me, what took me on the journey actually was Alan Jackson. Oh, wow. Um, I, was, uh, I was at his, I, was, I don't know, I was probably four, four years old maybe, four or five, something like that. And we were front row and Alan's playing the State Fair of Texas and uh, Chevy main stage and we're sitting there well past my bedtime at five o'clock and we're jamming them and my my nana was a big Alan Jackson fan so I remember hearing all of her songs of his songs playing in her car when we drive down to the Jefferson Lake House so we're watching that that show at the Texas State Fair I remember I turned to my mom and said 
I want to do that when I grow up. <laughs> I want to do that. And I, it just never left me, you know? As, as years would go by, all the kids around me, they're like, I want to be a doctor. And four years, they're, they want to be a lawyer. Two years later, they want to be a nurse. And they're just, they're, their goals change, and mine was always the exact same. I, I want to mm. play some music and write, so. How much does that 80s influence creep into your music? Uh, it does now. So my first couple records, it didn't. I, I, I played it safe. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought... You know, I don't. I can't do the long hairs. I'm six foot seven. You know, I'm, I'm not this this punk rocker guy. You know, so I was like, I've got to, I got to go a different route. So I went the more traditional dancehall route, and uh, which I'm not mad at that. I love that music, and I introduced me some great friends along the way. You know, Randall King and all those cats. You know, good, good friends these days, and and uh, I will probably see them as as often these moving forward. But as the years have gone by in my career, I started to notice. You know, hey, there's rock in me, man. I want to I I get sleeved up and go out there and do what I want to do. You know, screw this two-step thing. So uh, as that's going along, I'm, I've been rebranding it. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is what I told Chris. I was like, man, okay, look, I'm not co, but I'm not Josh Ward either. Okay? I love both those guys. <laughs> so we, we found our little – we're working on this new record now, and uh, I'll play some songs from that record tonight, but – some of that stuff, it's, it's half of it's a little bit more of the early 2000s Texas country. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the other part of it is a little bit more Texas rock. And we're just trying to keep some of the people that follow me, uh, kind of lean them towards where I'm going now, guide them where it's, I don't just pop this whole rock record out and they're like, <laughs> what the heck is going on, you know? <laughs> Whiplash, that's what you're going to give them if you do. <laughs> you got some music here to play for us tonight, right? Yeah, I think I'm going to do some, uh, some get fiddling around. Why don't you kick us off with a song, my friend? All right. We'll actually kick it off. I'll start this record here. So, like I said, Chris said it kind of earlier, we've been working a lot together on this new record, and it's, it's been a blessing in disguise for me. You know, I, I've had some success on radio and streams over the past few years, and, and I'm really fortunate for it, but... At some point, I just, I felt like I couldn't get out of my own, my own way, my own creative box, you know? And me and Chris, uh, we met and instantly became like best friends. And the one big thing is during songwriting, we're not afraid to hurt each other's feelings. You know, that's a huge thing because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who wrote, wrote line or who wrote the melody or did this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, we're just trying to write good songs. So uh, working together for him on this new record and getting together with Chad Malden uh, on oh, this I new record. Chad. Yeah, Chad's amazing, and seeing the vision that I had for him, you know, and this record, we're recording it in a, in a weird new way. Like, all my past records, we, we recorded, it felt like very quickly, I was self-producing it all. Sometimes we did like full band cuts, no, no track by track, or this record has been no deadlines, no release date waiting, all patience, all creativity, see what happens, and... While it's been a lot more money to do it that way, <laughs> it's uh, it's been a blessing of itself because I know the content is going to be great yeah. when it comes out. Worth so. every penny. But this is a song on that record. Hopefully, it'll be the first single. I couldn't tell you when. We still got to go back and do vocals and still do some other stuff on this record. So, but this is for all the women out there that ever uh, kind of couldn't get out of their own way, I guess, and they. Uh, they met the wrong guy, and they, uh, they fell for all the red flags, if you know what I mean. It's called Bout of a Broken Woman.
doesn't know how she missed it. He was reading there in red. But she bowed into every single line. And it was one after the next. And everyone she's ever known said he's too good to be true. He's got her feeling a little foolish now. For ignoring what they knew. For ignoring what they knew. Well, she's glad she finally sees him. Putting her heart on the line. He ain't worth out of bullshit. Just to go and waste your time. And he ruined it for the next one. That boy don't stand a chance. She's got no spare pieces left. She won't be doing that again. She won't be doing that again. Well, she's got herself all done up. With no plans on going home Gonna go and watch some no-name band To hear some songs they'll never know Lay down in a hotel bathtub Now some whiskey and some coke I'm on a train so she can go insane and Hold on and let him go and Hold on and let him go well, she's glad she finally sees him Putting her heart on the line He ain't worth all the bullshit Just to go and waste your time And he ruined it for the next one well, That boy don't stand a chance She's got no spare pieces left She won't be doing it again she won't be doing that again. Well, she's glad she finally sees it, putting her heart on the line. Well, he ain't worth all the bullshit. Just go and waste your time. Lenny ruined it for the next one. That boy don't stand a chance. She's got no spare pieces left. She won't be doing that again. She won't be doing that again. Doing that again. Yeah, Dakota Ritter, everybody. I don't know about you, Scott, but I'm going to be ready for that to be recorded. Yeah, I think we're that should be there pretty quick, man. We're hoping so. I mean, uh, again, whenever D Chad decides to call me to do the vocals, <laughs> I'm kidding. We've been recording this probably, uh, oh, man, April, I think is when we started this record. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's looking like next year at this point, you know. I was hoping to have a fall release, but, you know, we're September in a few days, and 
we still have to it's cut vocals fast. on all eight tracks and uh, harmonies and overdubs and all that. And then he's got to mix it. You know, he's got to master it. And then we got to send it to distro and you know, and, and and let guys like you get it out there. And you got to have that yep. time that, to the pre-sales going. and you know. So I'm oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, this sucker ain't dropped until February. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later. Well, but we'll you know. hold on to it for sure, man. I can't wait for it to come out. Thank you. I, I, I really like that one. I said, like, so there's, there's a lot of good ones on this record, but, uh, and it shows versatility on this record. That's something I'm super proud of. You know, it's when you, when people listen to my old records and, you know, if they found me through Spotify or radio or iTunes or wherever, you know, they, they, I've had some really appreciative fans over my career. And I'm really unfortunate for that. But when they listen to this stuff, they're going to be like, whoa, <laughs> wait, this is, this is cool. Like, this is not Dakota. You know, we got one song that sounds like, you know, Josh Abbott cut it from 2007, and then the other one sounds like Shane Smith would do it. And then the next time you look, listen to it, it's like, is that William Clark Green? And <laughs> then the next record songs is like, whoa, hold on, is, is Colin Pecos making the interview? You know, so it's it's kind of just this cool little versatility that we've been working on. And, uh, you know, all the guys, uh, you know, Casey uh, from Colson's band doing amazing drum work and, uh, Chad and Jackson and all them doing great, great guitar work. Milo coming in and doing his thing, and so it's just been a really fun process putting this record together. <laughs> it was so, your idea. <laughs> so Chris had mentioned earlier in the show he had he had actually mentioned you. You guys travel a lot together. Yeah, you've had an opportunity to play as and have some memorable moments. Like you opened up and you you've interacted with a lot of the up and you know musicians yeah. that we know about. Tell us about some of those stories, man. Yeah, so like, uh, you know, before the world shut down during COVID, obviously, uh, after I put Take My Ring out, it, it fast-tracked to top 40 on Texas radio. And, uh, and that was a big moment for me, you know, to, uh, we hired, uh, you know, Dylan Steen and then, uh, you know, old Ed Spacek to do our radio promo. And, you know, just to have your first record out and go on radio, let alone break top 140, is a huge moment. And it just started putting me in line with these other people for a minute that I had no business being in the same room with. Uh, that's, that's a, it's a, so true imposter too. syndrome, buddy. Oh, it, it was. I had no business, you know, like you're, you're trying to like in your head, you're like, look, I know you're normal, but you're not normal, you know? And, and you're trying to just go through everything in your head, you know, but what I'm really fortunate about a lot of those stories is, you know, they all taught me how to be a great professional. And they also taught me how to be a great opener. Uh, I have met a lot of people in the scene that have opened shows, and some are amazing, and some don't really specifically, in my opinion, fulfill the role of what an opener should be. You know, there is a role for an opener, and a lot of people think it's, oh, it's just the guy's early set, you know, rub them off. You know, your job is, is to promote that headliner and, and to get them excited and, uh, you know, bring your, your weight to the show. And there's a lot that goes into that. And, and I... I you don't learn that until you're doing it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, guys like Randall uh, and Mike Ryan taught me those things, uh, Mike especially. I was on the road with Mike all the way from Fort Worth to Oklahoma. You know, we had like four shows. And just to see the professionality of that band and how they operate. Like I walked in for the first show and there was a uh, was it a itinerary on the stage box. Like who does that, you know? coming from a smaller music world that's not something we're loading in an hour before the show you know when you're a local guy right yeah. so they got an itinerary you know 
the first time I played with Randy Rogers, they were loaded in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for a 10 o'clock show that night. And they were playing acoustic, him and Brady. Mm. And I'm like, this is wild, you know? So you learn a lot from those guys, I think, and, and take that as an opportunity to apply it in your own way and become a better performer, a better entertainer. And so I'm really fortunate for a lot of those stories. I think my favorite story, though, is when I played Randy Rogers and Brady Black and Poole. Uh, and there's some pool sharks. If y'all ever go play pool with them, just understand, don't put money on the line because they will take your money. That's really? a song right there. I promise. Yeah. It, it, Brady, Brady, uh, Brady was, he was hustling so bad, he made Randy so mad. Randy was like, I'm out. He just walked out of the bar. It's like 2 a.m. We're shooting pool in the back bar. It's like, I'm done. I'm going to the bus. And then Brady turns over and looks at me. He goes, you want to play? Uh. I said, absolutely not. All y'all sinners gambling. <laughs> like my show pays not the same, okay? <laughs> right? <laughs> so we that's probably one of your better moments. Do you have a moment that you for that you won't forget that maybe not so great? Maybe a Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's hear one, man. Uh yeah, this this happened uh okay, there's a bar in East Texas in Yanis called the Neon Moon. Uh, owned by a great friend of mine now, and uh, Chris Bevel and uh, and Brandy, and they're 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 huge in the town world. They work very closely with Red Eleven and True Grit and all those guys. And and uh, when I first was getting started, Chris gave me a shot, and I, I I did was not ready for this shot, by the way, like at all. But the downhill moment of that show was when I decided to do Friends in Low Places in a different key, Uh-oh. half step, two step, three full steps down. That song was so atrociously bad, it, it, this, the whole set just, just tanked. Like, oh, no. there was no coming back from that moment. And I remember the whole time I'm playing, I'm like, I, 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 want, I, I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to play anymore. I just don't want to play the show anymore. I don't want to play. And, uh, and I got the show, and you know, Chris is kind of, just don't quit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then Chris wouldn't book me back for like two years. I swear to God, oh, like I, had to, I had to work so hard to get back into the good grades. Like Chris, come on. And we had a good friend, and he was like, "Yo, Dakota's doing some cool shit now. Like, really, <laughs> give him, a, get him back in here, and you'll give him see." Give a it. second chance. So he, he brought me back in there, and we like brought like a hundred and something people in there, and like crushed this set. And Chris, like, okay, cool, yeah, you recovered, but but that <laughs> night was bad. Like I was like, I. I don't know if I want to make music no more. Like, <laughs> was there, was there I won't any, play Garth Brooks anymore. I was just going right to ask, was there any more Friends in Low Places after no, that? I've never played this song since. It's, I'm scarred. I won't do it anymore. I can't do it. Right? <laughs> I was like, put that down and leave it where it belongs. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, since you're not going to do any Garth, how about another song now, man? Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to play this one. This one seems right. Well, fast-tracking that... Uh, that little journey of mine. This is probably one of my favorite songs I ever wrote. Uh, I was kind of a... Uh, I say I was raised by a single mom. I wasn't actually raised by a single mom, but it pretty much was a single mom. And one night, I, hadn't, I haven't talked to my dad in probably about seven years now. And I went back home to visit my mom when I was still living in Nashville. My mom, she's kind of a poet, so we sat at a table and uh, we just started writing some of her poetry and some of my words I've been working on. And probably in about two hours, we put this song together and 
I had to find a melody after about a week, but it's probably my favorite song I put together. It's kind of cool to write a song with your mom about your dad. And then when I put it out, I put it out on radio, and all these different radio stations kept picking it up. You know, it was like a crazy thing, and it ended up being like my first number one on the Texas radio charts. And so to see people like really fall in love with this song, I've had people tell me from East Texas to South Texas to Oklahoma, oh, I relate to this song. That reminds me of my dad, or hey, I, I was your dad, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so it's just a really cool thing. So I call this the bottle, and I hope you like it. He always knew how to make mama cry. He lived around alone each and every night. You can hear him start to rage when he chased it cold. Daddy was a good man with a broken soul. Mama lived to rain on the table with a rose and he lost her heart day the bottle wouldn't close now i know he loved her but he loved jack a little more now he drinks all day long even more than before and he drinks that bottle like a sailor on the seas well he drinks that bottle till he was weak in the knees and the devil tied the night with each and every seal if the bottle wouldn't kill him then the loneliness sure her will Can't recall a single day Bottle didn't find his hand But without that Johnny Walker Daddy couldn't stand So he calls on Captain Morgan Steer is a lonely ship He'll drink the seven seas Until he forgets And he drinks that bottle like a sailor on the seas Well he drinks that bottle Till he was weak in the knees And the devil tied the night With each and every sip If the bottle couldn't kill him Then the loneliness Sure Daddy's been gone a few years now and I've seen it through his lens. A heart don't know how or when to give. So I left an empty bottle sitting on his grave so he could keep drinking 
while he rides the waves and he drank that bottle like a sailor on the seas well he drank that bottle till he was weak in the knees devil tied the night with each and every seal if the bottle couldn't kill him but the loneliness it sure did sure did sure did he always knew how to make mama cry he lived right along each and every night. Oh, yeah. Woo. Cut a ridder, everybody. Wow. That, that is a powerful song, man. Thank you. And, and you get guys come up to you and say that that reminds them of themselves? Sometimes, yeah. Believe wow. it or not, yeah. yeah. You know, I've, I've had... How do you uh, react to that? Ah, man, you know, it's tough because, you know, like for me... You know, I, I had my, my dad, like I said, I, I'm talking to him about eight years. And then my dad was kind of like my granddad. So mm. um, the, the second, that third verse in that song where, you know, put a bottle on the gravestone, I really did that, but to my, to my real, to my, my granddad who passed away. Yes, sir. And so it's kind of like two coins for me. Uh, I've, I've got one of my best friends I ever met, believe it or not. Uh, probably a year after I put that out, uh, he, had, he had finally heard it. And uh, when, when we met, he was like, man, that song is me 15 years ago, is what he said. Uh, and, and it just that, that meaningful pact, it's like, he's not that way anymore. He's one of my best friends. I never met him during that time period. And I look at him and I'm like, there's no way. There's no way, you know? There, there's no way. And he's like, no, for real. And, and his daughters told me all about it. You know, there was, there was so many times where, you know, their relationship was on, you know, very thin ice and very similar to what I've gone through. And so to see him be where he is now and then to see him not, or to know that he went through that, it's like, wow, you know, people can get through that and they can mend yep. those relationships. So I've seen, I've met people on the way, people at shows, man, that, that was me, you know, I, I was there before, or I'm still there even. I've had a guy tell me I'm still working on mending fences, but then I've had people in their life where they've told me that was like my dad or, I've actually had some, some girls tell me that was, that was like my mom. Yeah. They, you know, they've met it on their mom's side. That's how they, they felt it. So I think it's a, it's a big thing because, you know, alcoholism is a huge thing. And uh, a lot of people don't talk a lot about it. Yeah, and this and so. scene too, or any music scene, uh, uh, the alcoholism can be very. I mean, you're yeah. at a bar playing, so it's really hard to play that. So I feel bad sometimes playing it in a bar too. <laughs> like we'll go up from like a high energy song, and I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna play my favorite song I ever wrote. <laughs> it went number one on the radio, and, and then I start thinking about, it, I'm like, man, I'm I'm singing about alcoholics to a bunch of people in a bar. Yeah, like they're not gonna. Be, I don't want to. Don't. It's not about y'all, you know, kind of thing. So. <laughs> but no, yeah, I've had a lot of people relate to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got what do you got coming up man tell some of the some of the events that you got coming up you're looking forward to yeah uh i'm looking forward to taking months off 
Uh, I, I know that sounds crazy, but hopefully, uh, record, finish up recording that album. That's the big thing for me. So, uh, outside of music, you know, I, I think it's funny. A lot of the, a lot of people in music, you know, they look at us musicians, and especially the middle, the upper, you know, it's not really the ones that are getting started. Been doing it for a minute. Yeah, I'm on, working on my seventh year, going in on my seventh year, six, six or seven. And a lot of people think this is all we do, you know. And every musician I've ever met in this business has a side hustle. Yeah. Every musician, you know, I met Bart Crow and I know his side hustle and all these people. So I'm like, quit. So <laughs> I actually, uh, I own two other companies. I own an uh, auto lighting company and a, uh, a real estate investment company. So those things keep me very, very busy. Uh, trying to go out on the road for 30, 40 days and all that crazy stuff, it's it, 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 wear, it wear you on the body a little bit, but at the same time, there's only so many hours in a day you can get stuff totally. done. So uh, I'm very fortunate for Sydney from Rusty Spurs. She's, she's kept me busy, that's for sure. Uh, one, one day we were just talking about shows, and then three weeks later she had me booked for three months straight. And I was Ooh. like, okay, hold on, wait a minute. Calm Ooh. down, girl, you know. <laughs> and so uh, I am looking forward to a little bit of time off and finishing this record. Uh, finishing out the year of my other companies and then coming back and just hitting it strong in January. But I got a couple events coming up. We got a, I got a fall festival in Alba uh, here in next month and a couple shows at the end of the month this month. And, uh, and then, you know, we were supposed to do a, uh, a Midwest run. This is a very big run I want to do um, all the way up through the mountains. Oh, yeah. Montana, Wyoming, you know, you name it. Beautiful. I mean, want to do this run for a minute. Uh, Colston and all these boys, they told me about it a couple years ago. They're like, you got to do it. And I'm like, I'm trying. You know? <laughs> they don't want to pay very much, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But me and Chris finally got to the point where, like, hey, we're going to do it. And then, you know, things just kind of got away during the, the gas prices just skyrocketing. I Oof. mean, it, at one point, I mean, I looked up gas prices and uh, going outside of Chicago was like $5 <laughs> and like 32 cents a gallon. I'm like, yeah. Okay. You're going to lose some money on that. We ain't making nothing out here, <laughs> let alone breaking even. We ain't losing a couple hundred either. We, we walking away paying. We paying like 1500 on this trip, right? This is vacation. We going on vacation, you know? So we decided to kind of step away from that trip for that, for that time period. Things are hopefully starting to slowly recover. So we're going to re, re-aim our sights back at that for next year. And I, I'm really looking forward to doing a lot more out-of-state stuff next year. You know, I've got a, a lot of guys in, the, in my circle that have told me, where to and then the things they're doing out of state you know uh guys that i've leaned on for for advice over the years and so i've been out of state many a time but not enough and so it's something that is on my to-do list my goal list is tour next year 50 percent out of the state so hopefully also that makes the people when i when i get to play for them more in texas that i've seen you know they'll they'll show up more often because they won't take it for not oversaturating yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I try not to play at the same places very often, but, uh, you know, if I go to Dallas, I'm coming back six months later. Well, it might not be a year. It could be a year from that point. So it means I'm going to get everyone that wants to see me in Dallas out in Dallas. So that's kind of the goal for that. But a lot of cool things are on the rise. But for right now, it's just take some time off after October and finish this record and get to work promoting it, you know. Mm. Roll yeah. up the sleeves and, you know, <laughs> go get, promote get a, a record. Yeah. I haven't done that in two years, you know. So what do you think, man? You got another one for us? Yeah, I can do one more for you. Okay. Uh, it's a song that I, I wrote with Chris as well, and I had finished about 80%, 90% of it when I called him. I had uh, the first two verses done, and I had the, uh, 
the third verse done and two lines of the course. But I could not finish the course. I don't know why. And I called Chris. I said, hey, I'm going to play this for you. You're going to tell me what you think. And then we fought repeatedly for two hours <laughs> about, yeah, probably really days, about what the title of the song was going to be, what the hook line was going to be. The we tossed around every line of the book, and I said, you know what? And he said something, and he, we were, I was trying to do this gamble line, and so I said, you know what? Just let's, let's roll the dice on something. He goes, that's it, roll the dice. And I was I don't like that. But he's like, just write it down. It's a temporary, and we'll come back to it in a month, you know? And I played it a week, that next weekend. I was like, all right. I kind of like that, you know? <laughs> Played it again, I was like, okay, I really like that. And then I came up and developed a store for it, so I was like, called Chris, like, I think we're gonna keep that. We're just gonna leave it that way. So it's kind of funny how it worked out, but it's for kind of those people out there that uh, they met their person, you know? And, and I'm not a love song person. I, I <laughs> it's funny, we were, in, we were at Hanks and McKinney, and I was with Chris and some other buddies of ours, and. We got four really talented artists in the green room, and we all said out loud, I was like, I don't think they realize the amount of sad songs that are about to come on this stage right now. Because all four of those artists were really incredible writers at writing sad, depressing songs. I've never been a lover, but I finally did write a love song, and it made me happy. So it's called Roll the Dice. It'll be on the new record. Swept me away like West Texas wind The moment that she walked in I was tongue-tied in and a little gunshot But I'd do it all over again I got lost in her eyes and it was the best high I was so stoned on her smile and with two left feet and a heavy heartbeat, we danced what felt like a whole life. Well, I want a lucky man to be the one holding her hand. It might be a gamble, but I played to win. I'd roll the dice again and again. She was pretty much an angel without any wings Hair tied up and holes in her jeans There was a 50-50 chance that she'd ever say yes But I asked her to dance well, I'm sure she has flaws and scars on her heart From someone who's done her wrong she won't let it show she hates being alone She'll pretend she's just fine on her own Well, I want a lucky man To be the one holding her hand it might be a gamble, but I played win I'd roll the dice again and again
Well, I want a lucky man to be the one holding her hand. Zim might be a gamble, but I played a win. I'd roll the dice again and again. Well, I want a lucky man to be the one holding her hand. Zim might be but I played to win I'd roll the dice again and again well, I'd roll the dice again and again She swept me away like a West Texas wind And to do it all over again Oh, yeah. Dakota Renner, everybody. Thank you so much. Even with an out-of-tune guitar, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through, that sucker was like, ding, hey, ding, ding, ding. I was like, You oh, say you don't ride love songs, what it is. That's, that's pretty on spot, man. That's, <laughs> that's a good one. I see people dancing. I think, I think you know. You, you found your your uh, your calling, man. Just let you know. <laughs> Dakota, I'm start riding more love songs. You should. You should. <laughs> hey, tell us where everybody can find your music, man. Yeah, you can uh, simply go uh, to iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, you know, wherever you find your music, it's out there. It's all under Dakota Ritter. Uh, got a couple records worth, got a full length and an EP and some singles. And like I said, we're going to have a new record hopefully dropping in three to nine months. Uh, but you can all go find there. You can also go to dakotarittermusic.com. Uh, it's got all the Spotify playlists that you can click and it'll take you to one ginormous playlist, find them all. And you can also see the tour dates through bands in town on our website, so you can follow us along. And uh, you can also go down to the bottom where you can find, you know, Sydney's and Jason's and all of our contacts. You know how to book us, how to put us on a radio circuit, whatever you name it. So, uh, but yeah, social medias are all at Dakota Ritter Music as well: Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Do you have a TikTok? I do. Uh, do you? I don't use it enough. That's my problem. Like you know, we heard that earlier. We a lot of musicians are actually starting to swing that way. I don't know the first dang thing about Twitter or I, TikTok. I don't, I don't either. So uh, here's the thing: I love TikTok. I get lost in uh, what I like to call small video land <laughs> for hours. Yeah. yeah, me and Chris will be sending each other TikToks. <laughs> Two a.m. I'll see it. I'm like, send that to Chris, and then he'll pop another one back. I'm like, well, he's still awake. I've, I've got a coworker and. Um, He'll he'll tell me I, I'm going to the bathroom and then all of a sudden I'm getting t TikToks from him. That's when like, you know your friends, dude. dude. <laughs> when you know your friends, I, I was like, it's not it's not a real friendship if we can't send TikToks, bro. But Chris is actually he's figured out somewhat of the secret, you know. Uh, he he has more time on his hands than I do, so he'll he'll post uh, he'll post more routinely throughout the day, and he's a little bit more of an on the fly comical guy than I am, like. Uh, you know, if we were in a movie together, he would probably be the Kevin Hart, you know? So uh, he's just a little bit more humor in him. And, uh, <laughs> it's pretty random, right? <laughs> no, it's not because he's short. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but he, he, he puts a lot of videos up online every day, three or four a day, and doing the lives and doing all this extra. And it's working for him, though. You know, he's, he's got a lot more uh, uh, feedback, a lot more followers, and a lot more resistance. But... Uh, but I put out a couple of videos out there, and they got circulated. Uh, Ballad of a Broken Woman, I put a snippet of it, and it got 100,000 or something like that, views That's or something like that. Good. But I just don't use the dang thing enough other than Man, to waste time. I, I, I am throwing it out there. I, uh, my clients, I always tell them, find where, where your 
where your fan base is and then go after that's them. Instagram that's that's yeah. Insta for me doesn't have to Insta be TikTok and Facebook it could be YouTube you know it could be it's another one any of them you know TikTok and Twitter are not my thing I can't seem to figure it out I, yeah, some of it's a cesspool too I didn't tweet for like a year and a half like <laughs> like I had a radio thing tag me and I was like and I saw it and then I'm like they're like you don't use Twitter and I, so I put a tweet out the same day and I was like. I was like, since I haven't posted in a while, come check me out. I'm still playing music. You know? so I don't exists. use those platforms enough, but I'm always on Instagram and Facebook, and that's where I'm, I'm posting routinely every other day on Facebook or Instagram. So Scott, do you use um, uh, Facebook? Which What is your uh, Man, I use media? Facebook, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Facebook's the social media thing. Now, I when I got started in social, obviously I had a MySpace and that's uh, where I built my first days. business. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a you know long crazy? time ago. Top eight, man. You know what's crazy about all these social medias? And we live in a social media world. Uh, there's one person that told me, this is wild to me, by the way, and it, I, I do this to this day. Uh, Co told me, email list, bro. Email list, email list, email oh, yeah, list, email. email list, email list. That's for sure. Outside of Facebook, I run my ads, and I run some pretty targeted geo ads. I, I kind of figured out how to run ads. Being in the real estate world and this other world and music, you start to kind of pick up on how these ads are actually going to get seen when the algorithms change. But uh, but Co told me he goes email list, email list, email list, and to this day I still have email people on that list that I blast out a monthly thing to, just like my real estate stuff. And so it's weird enough, but it still works, man. Yeah, That's the hottest social works. media you'll find. Yeah, yeah. I send out an email blast every week for Smith Music, so I, I, it is. I please anybody that's a musician go start them everyone list. has an email that's the thing yeah. everyone, you have to have an email so <laughs> we'll do it we'll do it at our cash you know our merch stamp it's like yo give us an email we'll give you a koozie or something you yeah. know just something cheap you know just take it take the koozie i got too many take take the koozie yeah just take it but put an email here first that's what we do and, and we'll we'll put that sucker into squarespace our 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 little auto email thing and i'm like you're gonna get an email every 30 days now <laughs> but it's work people i've had people that were like hey we saw your email that you were in town and they came out to like eight years in dallas or it just it just blows my mind how people don't uh, still works yeah it still works it does a lot of musicians they they don't do it anymore they're like oh it's just social media facebook and i'm like that email it works trust me if you try yeah. it and just it's not try it. It either or it's no it's both. it's the combo of them all it's, yeah you've got to use them all in, in a way that is accordingly that works each platform is working for the next chris does a lot of it where he'll post he'll post something on one platform but not the same thing on the second platform and yeah, that's that's a good uh, uh you got different fan bases on those. exactly yeah so we'll yeah. do i'll do a lot of that but I'll, I'll keep my content pretty same on the oath but but I'm, I'm running targeted ads. I'm running those yeah. ads, but, but I But you're not emailing. doing any dance challenges, though. No, 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 no. I'm not getting on that camera for 60 seconds and dancing. It's not happening. <laughs> Sorry. See me on YouTube. <laughs> well, Dakota, we sure appreciate you coming down to the Lake House on a Monday night, man. Absolutely. We look oh, forward definitely. to seeing more of you heading down the road. And I know you'll be able to enjoy a little bit of time off, but uh, we look forward to your album coming out beginning of the year, man. Man, I appreciate it. I know I'll be sending it to you guys. Chad's already told me all about it. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to uh, doing big things with this neck record. We're yeah. rebranding a whole new sound. So you know how it is when you're rebranding stuff. So. Yeah. But I'm it's going to be rocking. It's oh, going to be rocking. I'm excited. I think people are going to – we're, we're talking stage anthems, you know. We're, I, I want it. people singing from the crowd at the top of their lungs. We, we started doing those live shows. Put your camera in the air with flashlights. I That's do it every show do. now. Yeah. It's working, so we're yeah. going to keep it up. 
<laughs> but I appreciate you, boys. All right, man. Well, definitely safe travels. And, uh, man, enjoy your time off. We look forward to seeing more of your music. 